You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to part two of our deep dive behind the prom curtain. Today's guests are prom book writer Bob Martin and book writer lyricist Chad Begley. Let's dive back in. Given what you said earlier about how you want to write shows that are new and exciting and make a difference, what is it, what is it like working and creating a show from scratch, from a blank page, as opposed to doing an adaptation? Well, there's no roadmap, obviously. It's, it's sort of, having done both, um, you know, there are challenges to both, but I think it's much harder when you have, you're looking at a blank page. Um, but there are also tons of opportunity. But, you know, it's just sort of spitballing and, you know, going down a lot of dead ends <laughs> and then realizing, oh, well, that's not going to work. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny when I think back to some of the earlier drafts, there was a one point where uh, Emma was going to tell her story on Eddie Sharp, the talk show, and oh, but only if she kissed Alyssa at the end of it. That was the, and then she chickens out. So Barry tries to get Hawkins to kiss him on the show, <laughs> and there was a song called "Seal It with a Kiss." I mean, like just these really dead eyes that we were like, "Oh yeah, this this is this is going to be it. This works." <laughs> and then you go, "Oh God, no!" So, but it's you know it's. Also having a team of people that you trust who, you know, and we all, we all went down several sort of dead ends together. But it, I, I mean, that also usually hopefully leads you to the right answer. Yeah, I think, I think the team, uh, the trust and respect within the team is even more important when it's an original piece. Yeah. I mean, because with an adaptation, at least you have... The, the tone is basically set for you. The story choices have basically been made one way or another. So it's, you're just sort of sculpting what already exists. So, you know, you're not going to have fundamental arguments about where something is going. <laughs> uh, for, with our show, um, yeah, it was a question of collectively finding the right tone. I mean, that was the biggest battle. The right. story points, well, were related to tone. So that particular choice, uh, um, of Barry and Hawkins kissing was, you know, it was much more arch, much more um, obviously satirical. And, you know, we eventually got to a place where we, we started to see that there was real truth and power in the show and we started to root everything in the characters 
So it wasn't kind of external comedy that was placed over something. It was, I mean, there are instances of that in the show, but, but it's mainly about these moments between these char characters that became more and more real as the, as the actors kind of embodied them. And, the, and finding that balance as the world changes around you, you know, of comedy and, and heart was fascinating to watch you guys find that balance and it kept shifting. And, and even just a line meant something so different you know, in Atlanta than it did in New York and, mm -hmm. and figuring out how to do that. Yeah, that just uh, sadly, I think that the original, original, original Broadway musical is becoming a very rare thing. And yeah. uh, so it's, it's uh, such an incredible triumph to have brought this all the way. Um, and, you know, uh, also unique, I think, is that uh, early on, you guys had certain actors in mind and, you know, were able to, to write uh, with those actors in mind. And so uh, later on in the process, after, after you had, you know, a, a completed draft and they came in for a table read, you know, you, and you were able to continue shaping it around them, you know, that was a unique thing too. That doesn't happen on Broadway very often that, that you're able to work with some extraordinary actors they come in, you know, at that point, and all the you work with them uh, as it continues to evolve. That's a very special thing too. That doesn't happen very often anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how far along were we when we first brought? It's like four years. I wish Matt were here. Matt, he remembers that. That's timeline. around four years. I think yeah. four yeah. years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we and these are all A level people, and they're very respectful of the text, and they they tried everything that we gave them, and you know. Um, uh, you sometimes deal with people who come in and say, I'm not going to say this, or, or uh, this is what I would like to say, or there was nothing like that with these guys. They were all pros, and, and they were, as I say, were respectful. Uh, of course, they saw that we were also working really hard and, and rewriting constantly. Uh, so we, were, we would work scenes with them and then ta and take notes and, and you know, produce another draft the same day like this is what we think we're where we need to go here. So we were we were constantly um, and, you know nurturing the book and everything. I have to say that with all due respect, for example, to Beth Level, your Dee Dee Allen, Jack. <laughs> yes. I I just think the world needs to see it at some point. And I, I've been with again with all due respect to Beth, waiting for that moment for you to step in and assume that role because your Dee Dee Allen is extraordinary. Well, you know, it's been honed over years and years in my bedroom, wearing ladies' character shoes. And, <laughs> well, and in public, often. And sometimes around, in public. Uh, New Year's. Yes. Because yes. Part, of, part of the creative process is sitting around the table and as, you know, before the actors are involved and, and hearing, so you guys could hear out loud what you got, but it's just the, you know, the team that's doing that. And, mm -hmm. you know, Bob, you were an awesome Barry and, you know, the principal, for sure, <laughs> but you know nobody could step into those high heel shoes. No, yes. no. Well, you know I have to say someday, someday. <laughs> but speaking of Beth Level, um, drowsy chaperone, elf, prom is is she your muse, Bob? <laughs> I love Beth so much. I mean, it's, she's a perfect example of someone who, um, you know, you give her the the what's on the page, and she just does everything she can to make whatever you've given her work, even if it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> and and I always say about Beth that if if she's working too hard, 
uh, then there's something wrong with the writing. Like she'll, she'll, so in other words, she won't change it, but she'll just hammer away at it in her own way with a lot of business in order to make that laugh work or that moment work. And, and so, uh, you know, part of the job of writing for her is to make her job easier, like to, so that she doesn't have to work as much, give her, you know, the right material. Um, but no, she's, she's amazing. She continually um, surprises and impresses me. I, I, I personally think that Prom is the best work she's ever done on stage. Um, and she was great in The Drowsy Chaperone. I can speak, you know, to that one specifically. But, but she just gets to such a sweet, real place in the second act of this show after beginning as such a broad caricature of a, a Broadway diva, but she just gets somewhere so real and moving. And you're just so happy for her at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. I don't think many people could do that. No, it's an amazing cast. But as brilliant as our cast is, we've seen these characters played by our wonderful understudies. Mm-hmm. And the parts are written so beautifully that, you know, they... It, it works. It completely works. I mean, it's a whole different thing when Beth is in it or, you know, Brooks. Everybody can bring their own individuality to the parts, but they're so beautifully written that I know that they'll be played forever, you know, out there in the world by so many different people. It would be exciting to see that happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's another thing about when you're putting up a show, you, you know, you write it and then it, it goes, it has this life in this building, of the whole, it's like a little village that, you know, is set up to run the show. Um, and sometimes that village is just a terrible place to go where everybody hates each other and everything. But in the case of prom, from what everything that I have heard, um, it's a really, everybody it's, loves each other. And it, yeah. you know, it's a really, really nice place to be, to be. Uh, many shows are very toxic environments, but prom has managed to be um, a really nice place to live and work. <laughs> There's so much love in that building. Yeah, it, yeah. It's so true. Uh, for both of you, what what was the hardest moment creatively in the creative process? What was, like, where did could did you have trouble breaking through on a moment that you just felt was so important? Uh, for me, it was the principal song. <laughs> I think we wrote, like, eight, different versions of a song for him. And uh, it was eventually uh, clear that we had the wrong idea for his character entirely. Uh, Because originally he was a straight guy who everyone thought was gay because he loved musical theater. And so we wrote a song called Gay For You. Um, uh, We wrote a song called Starstruck. Uh, We wrote a couple other songs. We just could not figure it out. Those were great songs. <laughs> yeah, they, they were. were. Really we, great songs. Gay For You was one of the first songs written for yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we just realized this is, the whole concept is wrong. And um, we changed the character and then the song, I think it was the last song we wrote. But it was like, anytime Casey would say, now the principal song, which was like, ah, oh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that was definitely the big one for yeah. me. Yeah, and that and the top of the show, the, the, getting into the sh- story itself was tricky for us. And we, we, uh, uh, we originally wrote it that it began um, uh, on stage of Broadway theater. Uh, then it, it began um, in uh, Indiana and in a sort of preface. Um, then eventually it began on a step and repeat. But, it, but what we were wrestling with was 
um, it was a really in interesting exercise as a writer. Like there, it's a premise-driven show. These Broadway clowns decide to come and help this <laughs> person in Indiana who they've never met, in, in a place they've never been. So we had to really um, deal, we decided in the end to deal with that exposition as efficiently as we possibly could. So um, the, the first, so the, the whole premise of the show comes out in the first few pages, but it took a long time to, to get that, the mechanics of the opening to work at all. And I mean, I think that's fairly typical for Broadway shows. Yeah. You, you end up working on the opening more than any other part of the show, but this one was, I think, particularly problematic. I mean, how many opening numbers were there? A uh, million. There are a lot, a lot. And, right? But uh, Matt just uh, got off easy because I just had to keep rewriting the lyrics to them. We kept using the same tune. But, um, yeah, but, Broadway royalty. Yes, it Broadway. Great. It was originally Broadway royalty. And I remember when we were in Indiana and we started with uh, Emma uh, very briefly. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> it makes our show that. seem like this terribly serious, uh, you know, very depressing. I was like, oh, God, we cannot start the show. I was so yeah. glad that everyone agreed and we yeah. went back and started with comedy. And there, at one point, there was another main character, the stage manager. Yes. <laughs> Which was a great character. Performed by two fantastic yeah. actresses, two, mm -hmm. Rachel Dratch and, and Harada. And uh, it, was, it was a great character uh, with, with a great song. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> but we just couldn't, uh, we couldn't afford the real estate, you know, in our story uh, for that character. And you know, had to, we had to cut her. That the, was hard. The, the song that Anne sang in one of the workshops was called Running the Show. And uh, I wrote a song with Alan Menken for Jafar in Aladdin called Running the Show. Uh, very different songs. But now I've realized never write a song called Running the Show because it's just <laughs> going to get cut. So, um, But it was also sort of, we, we loved it. She performed it like a, a you know, she did a great job with the, the song. And then I remember after the workshop, somebody said, um, wait, so she gets the big final number because <laughs> at that point we didn't have the finale and we were like, oh, yeah, maybe it should be Emma and no. <laughs> it was yeah. sort of, but those are the things you, you know. And were, Rachel was hilarious. Oh my <laughs> God, role, so, too. so Every funny. single time she was on stage, it was hysterical. Um, but yeah, it just didn't, it didn't work. It's, and similarly, you know, um, Marty Moran played Hawkins for a long time and was brilliant in the role. Um, uh, but but when we made that big shift about who Hawkins was and 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 mainly the role he he played in the mechanics of the show again that 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 character really had to ground us. I mean Hawkins is really not a comic character. He's the most we hope the most recognizable and real sort of character in the show. Um, that we had to go in another direction. Uh, that was kind of heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, casting is always really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, and speaking of which, <laughs> Uh, so beyond beyond Broadway, we have the tour coming up, which is going to be spectacular, and prom will be everywhere. Um, and then, you know, hopefully, will be performed in every school in the world. Uh, that's always been our dream. Uh, but uh, there's also uh, a little film in the works. <laughs> yes, uh, a little one. Little one. Do you? <laughs> I'd love to hear um, your thoughts on you know taking this story and since you uh with matt will be writing uh the film uh how you look at it uh on screen you know it's one thing to write this story on stage it's and you have to rethink it obviously for for the big screen well there are definitely more uh it's it's sort of freeing in a way so you know for example in the show we don't have emma's grandmother uh it's just Another salary, another, <laughs> another. Uh, you know, there's not time. Um, but you know, in the film, you get to show her. You can show Emma's parents. You can, you know, there. You just have a, a sort of broader uh, playing field. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the structure of a piece of theater is completely different from a film structure. So you know, the scenes are shorter. You can have more locations possibilities. So we have it. We wrote a scene uh, in the bus on the way down to Indiana with the Godspell kids. And we learn more about Barry's backstory. And yeah, it's it's been a really fun exercise for us because we've been able to expand these elements that we, you know, we just simply didn't have the time to do or the resources to do in the theater. Um, it's also a bit scary because we're handing it over to, you know, a whole team. That's just the way it works in film and television. They just sort of, you know, uh, it, it's ultimately shot and edited and it doesn't it isn't it doesn't get reborn every night the way a piece of theater does it's can't you can't adjust it after you shoot it so uh, at least we can't and then there's the problem of getting a decent performance out of Meryl Streep <laughs> it's uh, gonna be hard it's gonna be yeah. hard <laughs> no we do like three weeks with her in a room just sort of you know <laughs> bit by bit, mimicking, you know, just do like I do, Meryl. It's hard to explain how absurd and exciting it is to work with the greatest actress in the world in this role. I mean, you know, uh, um, Beth Level is, the, I think, the greatest comedian on Broadway. And, and then we get this opportunity to work with literally the greatest actress in the world. Uh, um, so, yeah, we're giddy with excitement. We were just on the phone with Netflix yesterday about it. I mean, it's all a big bonus. And, uh, you know, I alluded earlier to that it's been a financially difficult show. So thank God that there's a movie <laughs> because it's helped everybody a little bit. Um, and, uh, and it gives a, a, a life and presence to the show that which you couldn't possibly have imagined. Uh, Ryan uh, Murphy, who's doing the whole thing, um, was really personally affected by the show when he saw it. He was, he's a gay man, born in Indiana, uh, difficult coming out, raised by his grandmother in, to, for a certain part of his adolescence, right? So he, he really, really identified with everything. Um, and his, his passion and vision has been super inspiring. 
so we're, we're really, really excited about it. And, and as I say, you never get a chance to, to create additional scenes and additional backstory the way we have writing the film. Um, yeah, so it's great. It's all positive. And, and all the lives who've been affected already by the stage play, just, you know, I'm, the film and the international impact of it and, and all the people who will, whose lives will be affected by it. It's so excited, exciting to think about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So final question for you. Uh, at the end of the show, spoiler, spoiler alert, <laughs> <laughs> Emma gets her spectacular, amazing uh, prom, all-inclusive. Uh, Angie is off to do Chicago. Uh, Dee Dee and the principal have, have uh, found each other uh, and a uh, very exciting love affair. And, uh, you know, there's so many other uh, moments of closure. But not completely. What happens next? What is Prom the sequel? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there, the other thing that happened in the show, uh, in, the, in the life of this show, the improbable life of Prom, is that a young adult novel was written based on the show. This really talented writer who happens to be from Indiana uh, wrote a fantastic adaptation of the show. And she ends it, she ends her novel with a really detailed um, exploration of Emma's prom night. Uh, every, every detail, going to the car, meeting, you know, the, her, what she picks. Yeah, every, and it's, it's really so satisfying to read that, that, you know, this wonderful, perfect night that Emma has, to read about that. Um, I wish we could have done that in a way on stage. Mm -hmm. Instead of just suggested the beginning of this night that we actually could have presented it. But you mean what happens to Emma after the prom? Any of the characters. <laughs> like what where where do we go from here? What what are their lives like? I'm just dying to know. You know, is is Angie this big giant hit on Broadway? Uh is do the uh, Beth and you know uh Dee Dee Allen and the principal, you know, get married? You know, what's what happens next? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sh I think Barry starts a small company where he goes around and helps consult for proms. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think Dee Dee probably gets married to Tom. Oh, that's that would be nice. I think uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how that would I don't know how they would work the. Uh, New York, Indiana, yeah, back and forth. It's the strain on the relationship in the beginning. It's yeah, so then there would be an awful divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I think Trent would is going to constantly battle the school board for funds for his various productions, in in which he always plays a role. I'm yes. thinking yes. he directs them, but he's always always in them as well in the high school. <laughs> Featured part. <laughs> um, Emma and Alyssa. I think they go to Indiana University and uh, they live happily ever after. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You guys are so awesome. I can't tell you how deeply I adore you both and Same. admire well, you endlessly. Uh, <laughs> you guys walk on water and uh, to the future. It's going to yes. be incredible for the show and for the two of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Deep Dive Broadway, and a giant thank you to today's incredible guests, Bob Martin and Chad Beglin. You can find us at bpn.fm backslash deepdivebroadway. 
My Insta is Dory.Berenstein, and that's B-E-R-I-N-S-T-E-I-N. And check out my website, DramaticForces.com. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.